Did you know that the original Final Fantasy creator, Hironobu Sakaguchi, made a spiritual successor to that legendary series called Fantasian for Apple Arcade, and every level in the game is a handmade, physical miniature model. Enjoy unlimited access to over 200 incredibly fun games with no ads and no in-app purchases. From puzzle and adventure games to sports, racing, and multiplayer action games, everyone can count on finding something to love. Head to sifter.com.au forward slash arcade to start your free trial of Apple Arcade today at sifter.com.au forward slash arcade for a one month free trial of Apple Arcade and you'll be supporting independent video games journalism. This offer is for new subscribers only $9.99 a month after free trial. Plan automatically renews after trial until cancelled. Hello and welcome to Pixel Sift. My name is Gianni and joining me on this episode is my co-host Mitch. Thank you, Mitch, for joining me on this episode. Hello. Each and every episode of Pixel Sift, we introduce you to a new creator of interactive media. And we find out what it actually takes to make those games you love. And this episode, we're exploring DAP, a dark storybook-style adventure. And joining us is Paul Anstey and Iris Anstey of Melting Parrot Games, a two-person team based in Melbourne. Hello to you both. Hello. Hello. Nice to be here. We can't wait to find out more about your game. We've been playing a little bit of the prologue, um, had a bit of a taste, uh, but it is something that is beautiful to behold, but also dark and, and very, very interesting. So let's jump in. Australia's best video game podcast. Subscribe to Pixel Sift on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever podcasts are found. Now, DAP is a dark storybook-style adventure. Uh, if you imagine that sort of black paper that you would have might have used in your art class in school with these sort of, uh, you know, charcoal or maybe uh, wax um, crayon designs on top of it. Um, it's a game where you lead your friends through a twisting path. Uh, but Iris and Paul, how would you describe this game? What sort of game is it and how does it play? Yeah, well, it's a, um, it's a game where you control a little creature called a DAP um and i mean it plays like a an action adventure horror type game basically there's um a sort of a corruption that's spreading through the forest and um it's your job to gather up your fellow daps and uh lead them to safety can you tell us a little bit more about how the game kind of came about how did you start working on it and uh, what were some of the inspirations yeah i think um it's a little bit hard to answer this question because um we didn't really uh, like plan this game at all. We basically we were, ju- we were just trying to learn how to do game development. It's basically still our first game. We started um, uh, a few years ago just to uh, learn some Game Maker, the the program we're uh, making this on, and we just kept working on it until it became basically what it is now. <laughs> yeah, we kind of accidentally made a game. Um, we um. We did have some different uh, ideas for games, which ended up being way too complicated. Um, there was one floating around, which I think sort of kicked off our inspiration, something about um, like multiplying bacteria and beehives and and things like that. And um, I think that's actually where I started making the some of the sounds for the game. And uh, then we realized this is insane. We, we can't do this. And then we kept making, um, I'm just reiterating what you said. <laughs> <laughs> um, we started making 
different um like as you as you learn the engine you want to make your own example of it so you've put into practice what you've learned and um we had several of those going and then uh, i guess one of them yeah it just it just kept growing and and then people seemed to be sort of liking it like okay we'll we'll just we'll keep doing it then now the visual style of the game is very striking and it is one of the uh is one of the main things people point out when they when they see DAP for the first time. Um, where did that come from, and what are your influences? I think that the art is made just through whatever I felt I can do at the time. Um, influences, I guess, anything that's sort of around me influences me in some sort of way. So it's not like um, like a direct copy from from something else. I mean, of course, there are some more direct influences than others. So, I mean, people have definitely found the comparison of some Studio Ghibli movies like the Kodamas that's always um, been recognized, but it wasn't... It was still an accident. Yeah, I didn't I didn't actually try to, like, copy them um, in, in that way. Also, we didn't really plan to have a lot of them at the same, at, at a screen. I was just trying to make a play, playable character and then Paul copy and pasted them all yeah, over the place. Yeah, I just put them all over the place and then was like, oh, let's give them voices. It's like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah. This is cute. And then, oh, what if they can follow you? And, oh, you know, what if they can shoot? And what if this? And on and on and on. But, yeah, the, the rest of the art styles, like, I like basically drawing plants a lot and um, I wanted to try out pixel art and what happened is because I can't really do the clean type pixel art that's that most people usually do, like when you talk about pixel art. So I, um, I mess around with it in Photoshop so long until it becomes some sort of scrambled pixel mess. <laughs> and, yeah, that I, I feel like that's I like that aesthetic, so I kept doing that. I mean, at the time, uh, for a large part of the well, when, probably when we really started on the game, we were living um, on a farm in Tasmania and sort of really rural. So we were surrounded by nature, um, just out in nature a lot, and that I think that probably um, it probably helped inform the aesthetic a bit as well. The the style I think is really you're really striking actually, and I, it, to me, just the first thing that came to mind was literally just using like charcoal on black paper and things like that. Um, what did you want to convey? Because it is quite a dark looking game. What sort of idea uh, are you trying to convey through the art style in this particular game? Some like the art is sort of like a an, a mix to me that's uh, of a mix of grittiness and prettiness somehow, and that's something that we do also want to convey in the gameplay itself. So it has a lot of, it has some really pretty areas with um, like this background that you, that you've got behind you at the moment with this more, the light beams shining through and that. Um, but a, a lot of it is also um, more, more dark and gritty, but not in a way that, it's not that direct, so whilst other horror, it has maybe more like a grotesque image of something, but with this, it's more just like you look onto the, the texture of it itself and you find like it's all, um, yeah, scrambled somehow. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I think that just adds to the feel, like a little bit of an unease. Yeah, yeah. This, I mean, me personally, I've always liked combining um, opposite kind of 
elements. Like I, my taste in music is is very extreme. Like I go from from death metal to to like sugary pop from the nineties, and I, I I just I mean yeah me me personally I naturally just get a kick out of 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 expressing that in in things that you create. Um, it I guess it's the same that you know anyone creating things you, you you're trying to express yourself and it it makes you feel good when you when you get it right and um, I think um, I don't know I guess I guess we naturally have um, you know being being a couple and everything we um have um synchronized over time and we're just always on it we're always talking about it, always making it but um yeah in terms of like what what we're trying to express it's I, I guess it's that that feeling that you get you like when you know when um I'm, I'm a big fan of um of horror like david lynch and that kind of thing and though you know lynch's films definitely have some really um really varying aesthetics you know it's not just straight grotesque horror there's a lot of a lot of stuff going on and um i love that kind of it's not a confusing feeling but it's 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 a feeling that you, it's really hard to sort of nail down you can't really explain it um so i'd say mm-hmm. i'd say that's that's probably part of what we're trying to express I mean, one of the the thing that just sticks out to me that grittiness and prettiness as well is just like a, a great way to describe it. But um, you know, how how did you work that into the gameplay of this game? Because there seems to be little elements of things that we'd recognise from from other games as well. I mean, every game that's made obviously builds on all the games that have come before it. Um, but you know, if someone's playing through this and they're learning the story, um, what sort of gameplay will they experience as they're playing that? Yeah, there's um. There's definitely a mix of um, more intense combat situations where we really try and, you know, it's going to have more of a, a bit of a horror feel of, um, you know, just killing an enemy is, is quite an intense feeling. Uh, then you're going to have really quite peaceful sections of walking through forests and exploring and just sort of being being there in nature and um, you'll be, you know, look, you know solving some puzzles and um, looking for secrets and that kind of thing. And um, generally, we'll, it'll, it'll sort of um, flow from, from one to the next. So it might sort of slowly get darker and morph and become a bit more strange until, you know, all of a sudden you're in the bottom of a, a strange cavernous dungeon somewhere fighting off really strange creatures <laughs> uh, and getting chased by some horrific monster. And then you'll be spat back out again and you'll be... Um, so, yeah, there's definitely that sort of, um, that sort of uh, duality of experience it has a, a like a certain repetitiveness of some things that you'll always be doing like you always um collect the daps you you always have to talk to them to collect them you say oh dap dap and then they talk back and you have to wait and then and then you say <laughs> get them to follow you and then they follow you and and you do that repeatedly and that's sort of part of the flow and then in between you um, fight enemies, which you do also with uh, with the daps itself. Um, yeah, there's also it's- looting. Um, so there'll be there's some pretty basic crafting. Uh, there's a lot of looting, and that that's part of the flow as well. We have some sort of timing based looting, which I don't want to give it away because it's, it's part of the learning of the game. But there's there's sort of a, a rhythm to it um, that that I think we've um, we've settled into. Um, there's another part of the game as well where you will. Um, you basically will be um, using resources that you find to um, 
well, I don't, I don't want to give anything away to be honest with you. Cause it's, it's just one of those things that you should just play it and, um, and figure it out as you go. But, but uh, interestingly also, like I think to mention is that the combat kind of plays like a twin stick shooter as well, which is, I think people didn't really expect. <laughs> yeah. People see yeah. the game, I think, and they probably expect, uh, I don't know, a, a heartfelt, pretty indie game. Uh, maybe with oh, some some light sort of action and then they play it and they're like, whoa, okay, I wasn't expecting this. The, there's something I've always wanted to ask horror game creators that I seem to forget every time we do talk to them. But uh, do you yourself find it scary? Because like after all, after creating it a while, do you still find it scary? Uh, it's, it's hard to tell. Like uh, Also me and Paul, we are very different there because usually like Paul creates levels and then he gives them to me to play and then – and um, uh, I mean, I'm sort of more like I can see how this can be scary, and I um, I understand the like this is the right atmosphere. I say like this is the right um, mood here, the right music or whatever. Um, and and um, but but really scared. I, I think I think you just can't be really scared of your own game because you just know what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll very occasionally have will have forgotten that I put this specific thing there, and it might give me a bit of a jump. <laughs> <laughs> but um, overall, I'm like, I don't know. I I'm interested to see if people find this game at all scary. Like, it's hard to make a top-down game scary because you have more view of what's going on. First person, obviously, is you're right in there. So we're trying our best to make it scary. Um, so yeah, it's 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 a good question though. I mean, I'd like to ask that question to people, you know, the people who made Alien Isolation, um, <laughs> if if they find it scary, for example, because yeah. that that thing is really unpredictable. <laughs> um, I'd like to ask a little bit about, you know, you talked a bit about the the look of it, and people might think that it's a you know a sort of acute sort of narrative indie game, um, and sort of managing that. Uh, perception from players where you know they might come into it thinking it's this one th- certain thing and then be faced with quite quite complex combat perhaps or or something different what are you doing to sort of communicate that to, to people who might want to check out your game um, when they're coming to, to play it well um I kind of like the thought that someone comes into it thinking it is a pretty indie game and then they're like oh god what's this like that that really makes me happy so I hope we get in people that do think that. But hopefully also people who like more full-on things will, um, you know, will be interested as well. But, like, for me personally, I just love going into a movie or a game where I have I have no idea what to expect. I don't even know what genre it is. Maybe I've got a rough idea. And then, you know, then you, you, you just, you, you're not expecting anything. You, you've got no expectation. So um, that, yeah, I think that, I, I think it kind of works in our favor. It's not, it's definitely not easy to communicate what the game is about or like what to expect. I think it's, it's a great challenge. And um, because a lot of the time when you show something to the public, you only have like a minute video or something and you, you can't possibly really communicate what it's going to be like. So yeah, it's, um, what people will uh, make, what kind of picture they will make of the game, it's since also we're very um, inexperienced in that section, 
it, yeah, we, we cannot possibly predict what they will actually be thinking. <laughs> is it a hard game to play? Depends what week you play it at. <laughs> <laughs> we, we are constantly trying to balance this game and we've, we've struggled a bit of um, figuring out how hard it should actually be. And also because the, like, Paul and I are so incredibly different um, in, as players, Paul is this experienced player who plays, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I play harder games, generally Mario speaking. And Dark, Dark Souls and whatnot. And, and Dark you, Souls. You play more like <laughs> Zelda and like chill out kind of games. Yeah, I'm just not, um, like, I wasn't into gaming until I've met Paul mm. really. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I can't play something that's, very difficult in terms of combat. So we basically we're trying to make it good and interesting for both of us. Yeah. For for either like we see ourselves as customers really for it's, it. It's a really good restriction, I think, because you know if I was left to my own devices, it probably would have become so difficult by now and so unapproachable. Um, and it's like it's just about me, like what I want to play, and that's kind of stupid. Um, unless you're like so good that you know how to, to sort of make it. Uh, there are games that are difficult that are still approachable. Um, so then I also play it. She goes, I can't even play my own game. I was like, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so then we balance it and then it goes back and forth between too hard. Now it's too easy and it's boring. And we watch people play it and they're like, oh, this person has no trouble. And, um, yeah, so we, we didn't really want to use difficulty settings because we, we love um, Zelda and Dark Souls. Uh, don't don't have them, and it works so well in those games. I, I really like. It's like this is the game. This is the experience. This is it. This way, and you're playing it the right way. Um, so we, yeah, we've messed around with um, with adaptive difficulty as well. It's a it's a big. It's a bit of a it's a bit of a thing. Like <laughs> it's it's caused a lot of discussions and um, back and forth. But I think it will make us make a better game. This this conflict. Can you tell me a little bit about? Before you made this game, what sort of experiences, what sort of background do you have that you've brought to this that you think, uh, you know, have really contributed to, to doing something? As you said, this is the first game you've sort of ever made. You didn't intend to really make a game and now you're here. Um, what, what sort of background did you have before you came into making this game? I made a lot of music and, um, yeah, and a lot, a lot of writing and, and things like that you know, through, over the years. And, um, I mean... We did a short film as well. Um, Iris used to do the uh, the covers like for my for albums that I made, and I think that was actually if you look at some of those, especially the first one, there's almost like a a very faint like prediction of DAP on there. There's a little bit of that vibe going on. So I think yeah, we we start, but yeah, I mean it was it it was more just me making music, and then Iris would would sort of make the the cover um, at, at some point along, but so it, it wasn't as much of a fusion of our of our skills. Yeah, I um, I have a I have a background in photography. I've, I've studied photography a while ago, and I always I always made some art. I used to draw uh, paint with watercolors more, um, and since since we started making this game, I've only uh, done everything on the computer so yeah 
but basically we've always we've both been creative people and uh we hadn't really had this uh this direction of what exactly to do especially me paul has always had his music as as a goal to do but um didn't go anywhere so. yeah it didn't go anywhere <laughs> and this uh, making this game really um uh it, it kind of brought us together as this this team creative team which i don't know we we always um yeah we I touched guess, upon it in in yeah. previous projects like yeah like uh we, we made a short film a few years ago um there's a i'll just tell you br- briefly about it you, you don't have to include this but um there's a we, we met in darwin actually um back in 2013 there's a guy up there called um trevor the rubbish warrior and um he's like a, a homeless dude and he um he's sort of just he's famous there and he um he makes like statues out of rubbish around the place you can like see where he's been he like sort of fuses together rubbish and like and plant matter and um i'd always wanted to to make a thing on him and then um i had some time off work and i had some money so i went up there and um just followed him around for a few days and um just got heaps of footage and then came back and then basically gave the footage to iris and then she edited it together and then i did the soundtrack so that was probably that was probably the first thing we did that was like it's sort of a little mood piece of a mood say. piece yeah it was <laughs> yeah. it was it was definitely a, a fusion of our of our selves um so yeah you could say it kind of started started back there but the this game stuff has really really given us direction and purpose um yeah so it's it's been it's been amazing the whole thing's been it's been so good it's been really challenging obviously you know um you know it's, these couple of years have, have been crazy for everyone we've been um you know we live in a little apartment together uh and yeah as you can imagine it's not always easy but i think i think what we've made is is really it's very personal I think you don't get that every day because no one, most people aren't stupid, insane enough to to make a game with their their partner. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, saying that, we've actually had quite a few this year on the podcast where a number of couples have actually been making games together. And I'm curious, as you know, what does that bring having a close relationship uh, into a creative project uh, that you think um, would be easier than working with someone uh, who maybe just is uh, just a team member that you met online? I think everything um, becomes more personal, and that's not—it's not always good. But I think, in in the grand scheme of things, you can um, create something that's even deeper and more personal. I think because you share something that you cannot possibly share with anyone else, and but it does create these moments like when you disagree on something in the game this stays in this room and it doesn't leave this room and it it is between us and we know we want different things and now we're fighting over it and now we we have to like we have to get over this um and until we have then we we'll be fighting kind of over this thing uh, over and over again and and over and over yeah so and then we do agree and then we're like yes this is it we've got something there and then it falls apart again and then we fight about it again and repeat mm. yeah i guess um i guess some of the benefits are uh, as you said it's um 
it's very personal. So we're, it's, it's always there. Like it's always with us and we're always like, Oh, we have this idea. And like, Oh yeah, that sounds good. And so always taking notes and it's just, it's constantly there. And I think anyone making games probably is, is probably the same, but also if you're uh, making it with your partner and you're always there together, then um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a very big presence. And so, yeah, I'd be curious to hear what other, how other people's experiences are that, that, that work with their partner um, and, you know, if it's similar or even if they have some kind of system where they process, uh, you know, disagreements or, or whatever it is. Um, but I think if you can get through this together, then you, you, you're probably doing okay. <laughs> what are some other things you think people should either play or maybe uh, watch uh, to get them in the right frame of mind and so they can appreciate as much of DAP as they can? I would say definitely some Studio Ghibli because, and and not just the um, easygoing ones, I would say they have this weirdness that that we really like. <laughs> I would recommend Spirited Away. That's really good. I'm going to say the Silent Hill 2 soundtrack and maybe Silent Hill 2 in general, actually. Um, that That is amazing. That... That soundtrack is, um, yeah, it, it really has this euphoric dreaminess to it and then this just straight up just dread. And um, I love that. I love this this feeling of dread of like there's, there's somehow it somehow breaks, for me personally, probably not for you as much, but there's a euphoria to be had with, um, I'll just rant about what I like about horror for a second. Um, it's like someone else has identified something in you that you know and you're like, oh, it's not just me. Or like, I know exactly what you mean by this. I couldn't put it into words, but I know this feeling like exactly. And I love that so much. So for me, like a good horror, I don't really mean like grotesque things. I don't, I don't really like that, that kind of thing. Um, but the more psychological thing is like a, a sense of belonging it's a sense of connection, isn't it? Because it's part of that same experience, you know, someone who, as you said there, has identified that what you feel or what they feel uh, is something that's almost universal. And so, if someone can connect you to that way, you know, people think about things like, you know, rom-coms or comedies or whatever, that sort of stuff. But this is another exploration of what it is to be, be a person. Are you hoping that's what people get out of DAP when they play it as well? Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hopefully we, we do a good enough job that we can, that people can identify with it like that um it's hard to say from our end because we've made it and we don't really know you, you can't really tell if it's if it's that good because you know you, you hope it is but uh it's yeah, in some ways it's, it's out of your hands i guess like once you've done it so thanks for being part of this episode now if you're keen to learn more uh you can hit the links in the description of the episode in your podcast player uh, on our website, or you can go to meltingparrot.itch.io where you'll find a link uh, to wishlist the game. And everyone knows uh, that wishlisting is a really important step um, to supporting those creators. Even if you can't go out there and buy something, if you put something on a wishlist, it does make a difference. Iris and Paul, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate you spending the time uh, and telling us a little bit more about DAP. No problems. Great to be here. Yeah. Thanks so much for having us. It was really great. Coming up on the 2nd of October this year for Melbourne International Games Week, we are showing off a huge stack of amazing games um, from Victoria and all around Australia, including 
live gameplay from Heavenly Bodies, uh, which is a space cosmonaut-themed physics puzzler game. We're going to be playing some of that with the developers. We'll be playing WrestleDunk Sports. We'll be talking to the developers of Knuckle Sandwich, of Enchanted, lots of these great Australian-made titles. It's all happening on the 2nd of October. You can find out more information by heading to sifter.games, S-I-F-T-E-R.games. That'll take you there. In the Next couple of weeks, you'll see all the great stuff that's coming up, but it's a, a big showcase of a whole range of different teams, small, big, in development, finished, you know, lots and lots to look forward to. So Saturday, October 2nd, 12 o'clock, Australian Eastern Standard Time, until 5 o'clock. There's five hours of great, great indie, interesting stuff coming for you on that time. Sifter.games for more information. Pixel Sift is produced by Fiona Bartholomeus, Nicholas Kennedy, Daniel Ang, Sarah Ireland, Viv Thumb, and Adam Christou. Uh, Mitch Lowe is our senior producer. Thanks for joining me, Mitch. Hey, senior producer. Woo! And Gianni Giovanni, which is my name. Uh, I'm the executive producer of Pixel Sift. As always, we'll be putting links to everything we talked about in the show notes on our website, which is pixelsift.com.au. You can give us a follow uh, on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Uh, search for our social media there, uh, at Pixel Sift on social media. And you can also come join us on Discord. We'd love to have you there. We talk about all sorts of things. That's pixelsift.com.au forward slash Discord. We talked about anime, movies, and sometimes also games. Uh, that's pixelsift.com.au forward slash Discord. And uh, if you like what we're doing here, and you or if you know someone uh, that might like an indie development game podcast to hear the stories about how their favorite games are made the best thing you can do is send them our way uh give them a link subscribe them on their phone when they're not looking um that's the best way to support the show that's all for this episode thank you so much for being a part of it until next time have fun bye Did you know that the original Final Fantasy creator, Hironobu Sakaguchi, made a spiritual successor to that legendary series called Fantasian for Apple Arcade, and every level in the game is a handmade, physical miniature model. Enjoy unlimited access to over 200 incredibly fun games with no ads and no in-app purchases. From puzzle and adventure games to sports, racing, and multiplayer action games, everyone can count on finding something to love. Head to sifter.com.au forward slash arcade to start your free trial of Apple Arcade today at sifter.com.au forward slash arcade for a one month free trial of Apple Arcade and you'll be supporting independent video games journalism. This offer is for new subscribers only $9.99 a month after free trial. Plan automatically renews after trial until cancelled.